Good morning, Meat Suits. It is a magical day. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about uh, just people living their dreams, you know? People just being what they wanted, like making whatever they wanted to happen, happen, you know? Like <laughs> like if you're a 60-year-old Vegas architect and you just want to pay women to kiss you, it's like that. That's what we're about. <laughs> making that happen. I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have a great panel today. Oh, I am, by the way, I'm on the road today. I'm in Tucson, Arizona, in a comedy condo. Joining me today from Portland, though, holding it down, my co-host at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. I saw the co that hit him. It was the that one that's covered in blood <laughs> sitting right in front of him. Literally, right that one. This one I'm standing next to with the blood all over it. Man. It was that one. A lot of blood on that roll, yeah. too. Yeah. We know where they spent yeah, their budget. Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of blood in weird <laughs> places is just should be like the alternate title of this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, also joining us today, she's at Amandable on Twitter uh, in Boston. Please welcome back Amanda Linebaugh. Uh, like all women, I am allergic to bras. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that contagious? Uh, no, that's weird. Maybe sorry. that's what happened. Weird in reference this world. to off, off stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost every podcast, we have one callback to a thing before the podcast started, which I'm sure is delightful to the listener. <laughs> it really, it really brings the only way to, yeah, the only way to take uh, medicine for being allergic to bras is ripping each other's clothes off in a very awkward, <laughs> weird place, right? Yes, it's the only in way. Front of yeah. Cure for that, yeah. <laughs> um, man, I okay, real, really brief story that I probably shouldn't tell, <laughs> but one time, <laughs> one time. I was making out with a girl, and she had tearaway pants, <laughs> and I thought that would be fun. And it turns out they weren't actually tearaway no, pants; no. they just looked like it. It was a real so, bad day. So was it just awkward, or was there ripping, or? It was. It was. It was lightly damaged. <laughs> I think they survived. <laughs> they were like. So it was like they had like they had snaps up the side, but then the top was just connected, which I've never seen before. Uh. I thought all pants with snaps on the side were tearaway pants. <laughs> Uh, so, how, okay, so you didn't immediately realize they want tearaway pants, right? So how many how many good old tugs did you take? How many bites it of that apple? It was just one. It did was you just take? the one. And then I was like, oh, God, this is the worst thing. I've done a horrible thing. Like, that was not suave. God damn it. I would not. I would never tear on purpose, but the snaps just seemed like they were made for that. Uh... I think that's why people wear those, those vintage cowboy shirts is because you can, like, tear them open in the middle and not damage them. No, uh, it's the equivalent of, like, walking up to a table at a restaurant and be like, I'm going to do that <laughs> cool tablecloth trick and just immediately yes. knocking over every plate and glass <laughs> on it. This is why I'm not a waiter anymore. Uh, also joining us, we have a very special guest at Robot Caitlin on Twitter, please, in Los Angeles, I assume, today. Oh, yes. Excellent. Where it's a magical day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical day everywhere. Uh, it's Caitlin Gill, you guys. That's me. Thanks for being here. And I've been hacking into government and corporate systems all <laughs> over the country. I've hacked the most secret government and corporate secrets. Both national and international? <laughs> Where there is corruption and greed. <laughs> and fraud. They, they do have, yeah. I they have do, the truth. On their servers, they just keep a file. It's like, do not hack, full of secrets. Yeah, that, that yeah. was a request specifically from the president of the yes. bank. Yeah. <laughs> that was his idea. 
president of the bank is, is there. May he rest in peace. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hate to speak we'll to ill that. of... Which one was he? Was he in the bathtub? The king is dead. Long live the king. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... Amanda and Kaylin, you were both requested by our sponsor today, so I'm really Aww. glad you were both able to make it. My, our, my pleasure. Our first You're welcome. Thanks, me, buddy. <laughs> and 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 Kaylin, you had already seen this before. Oh yeah, I wasn't gonna miss on. I mean, this is not gonna. My radar's gonna catch this. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Three times. Yeah, I love this. Is uh, I have a sincere love for every bad movie. Um, I like. I mean, of course, I've seen The Room. I like every production by Edgewood Studios. I am all in for sincerity. I want something earnestly done, even if it's done bad. And it has to shoot the moon. This one truly does it. She shoots the moon. Yeah, yeah definitely uh, earnest sincerity is a, is a crucial piece to all of this. Like, you don't want to make snakes on a plane and try to make that. Like, that's not a fun, campy movie because they were trying too hard. But this is like, you just need one monomaniacal I... crazy person who's very serious. <laughs> Makes a big difference, but it's a whole—it's uh, all of them. <laughs> it's everyone on the set. It's everyone all day. Those are like twelve-hour days, man, making faithful findings. <laughs> well, uh, oh, as far it. as I can tell from the credits, there's no one else on the set except those amateur actors and him. He does all of the works. Well, That's true. Okay, did you actually read the credits? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there are how good <laughs> That twist in the credits. I've never had credits with a twist before. Oh my god, it's the best. It's my, my f- the funniest joke I have ever seen. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know. Uh, so I have them open here. So in the, the credits of this movie, uh, you got the cast, and then you have like the music director, Neil Brennan. And then you have all these weird credits, like uh, uh, set... W- s- oh my god, hold on. I'm trying to go through these here. But it's like... NGN's yeah, like, or NJN Sound Association and Casting yeah, yeah. and BB Location Management did yeah. lo- the locations. NNN Entertainment Partners was the administration and accounting. And Eat and Eats Films Incorporated yeah. was craft service. And then it says uh, any of the above any any of the above listed companies with N or B's in the name of fictional companies. It was actually the sole work of Neil Brennan himself. Yeah, I, I wonder, was that like, because he's probably, this doesn't seem like it's a union film, so it's probably not required to put that. So it's weird that he just like, his joke lasted eight seconds. No, I think it was, he originally had a, a version of the credits that just said, uh, sound recording, Neil Breen, set and wardrobe design, Neil Breen, and he was like, "Well, this looks a little egotistical, now doesn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> really, you think he? I don't know. You had think the thought? credits? He made it to the credits and had yeah. that thought because you have to watch the rest of the movie to get to the credits. <laughs> yeah, like that's that was the point when he was like, "Oh, I may have overdone it just a little bit." You Let know? me pull it back. Yeah, just also, here. I like, there were actor and actress names that had ends in them, so I wonder if those were also secretly him. <laughs> he did do all the makeup, so I mean, maybe he he's better at makeup than we give him credit for. <laughs> so this is episode number four hundred and thirty-two of the podcast. We've now done as many episodes as the number of cycles per second, as the magical healing tone. <laughs> four hundred thirty-two hertz is the perfect is the perfect tone, according to Brian T. Collins, musicologist and researcher. The standard pitch in Western music, uh, 40, 440 hertz, does not harmonize on any level that corresponds to cosmic movement, rhythm, or natural vibration. 
So the greatest musicians, such as Mozart and Verdi, base their music on the natural vibration of where an A is 432 hertz. It's true that only eight vibrations per second different doesn't sound like much from standard tuning, but the small difference makes a remarkable difference to our human consciousness. Also, according to a very brief bit of Google research, Brian T. Collins is totally full of shit. <laughs> oh, weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't take me long to figure out, because partially because uh, cycles per second couldn't be measured until 1834, so <laughs> yeah. probably a lot of those classic, you know, it's like, and we actually have one of Mozart's tuning forks, and it's not set to 432, <laughs> so we know this. This is very easy, Brian. Uh, I mean, great theory, but just and, not and, even and a little bit And also his website is like GeoCities. And <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't huh. updated it in a while, but... <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Whoa, oh, there it is. Told you. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one, too. You are so allergic to, uh, oh, what was, damn it, I can't remember the joke now. All right, anyway, speaking of technically incompetent things, (laughs) this week we're talking about Fateful Findings, the 2012 film starring, written, directed, edited, produced, and catered by Neil Breen. Um, (laughs) Why are we watching this? So, two reasons. First of all, because it is March Badness on Read It and Weep. It's time for our... We're, we're going back to our roots for the month. We're doing uh, just the worst garbage <laughs> for this month. Just bad, bad, bad. So March Badness, this is kicking us off. Also, this particular topic for March Badness was sponsored by Joanna from Gdansk, um, who says... Because uh, I, I was not familiar with Neil Breen before, so this is our first introduction, so thanks, Joanna. Um, known as the David Lynch of bad <laughs> films, Neil Breen is an auteur who stars in... It always has some form of special agent, wizard, alien, or robot Jesus in all of his four <laughs> independent films. And this is his most, um, this is the most like cult following is Fateful Findings. That's why I chose this. But there is a newer film. Like he's still, he, he made another one two years ago. So he's still cranking them out. And as I mentioned yeah, last week. Yeah, you're like allowed to do whatever you want with your money. You can <laughs> yeah, just, out, I think, <laughs> make Fateful Findings. That's totally, you can, they let you do we that. You need to do something it's, about that. <laughs> <laughs> You, you think maybe this might be like an, a reason why we should tax rich people more? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Even if this I, was the yeah, let the government reason, make faithful findings. <laughs> yeah. There's also like a good chance this is just like random dentist money <laughs> as well, right? Like, I doubt he's putting all of his own money. It seems like he's probably the type of dude who's probably really good at getting like five grand here, five grand here from people he meets at parties, you know? So that's possible, except that he does, say, he has said in interviews that this is, he's just funding it all himself. So he's, and that's why Wikipedia refers to him as filmmaker and architect. Yes, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> he is not full-time filmmaker. He's just making money architecting buildings in Las Vegas and uh, then spending, like, this is his hobby. This is where he likes to put his money. He's not buying golf clubs. He buys snacks for Craigslist actors that he casts himself as naked love interests. Ugh, so much naked. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I I am Yeah. Let's talk about this so more. Much I'm tempted naked. to be I'm tempted to be more uh I'm I'm tempted to be like pretty soft on films like this. That that's the one thing that does kind of bug me is the way uh that everybody this is like the room too. It's mm-hmm. like you get in it you get young actors and like the first thing you do is shoot a sex yep. scene all of a sudden it's not like a fun eccentric now you're a little creepy yeah yeah there's no way any of those women were being paid enough for what they did no no Ugh. um yeah certainly not being treated if this was union very different for me uh so this is my just my well, brief pro union m- message so get in there you guys yeah. use the union 
I mean, we wouldn't be talking about it if this was the case, but I would almost feel better if it was just more honest and just made pornography. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. We would not be talking like, about it. That's not our thing. <laughs> but if this was just like the porn versions of these oh movies, oh my god! Like the quality would basically be the same, but it'd be more. I bet more honesty. Plot would be more that, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I'm trying to come up with theories. I gotta actually. tell you. I would watch that. <laughs> I would straight up watch the porn version of Faithful Findings. I was trying to come up with oh, theories no. for how this came, like whether this was like uh, actually an AI generated script <laughs> or um, <laughs> some sort of like alien study of behavior. But what I my my best theory is that this is just a porn that they never got to the sex. Like I feel like the plot almost works as a porn plot, and then they just don't. Oh, get definitely. Enough sex. Like they had, they had like a all these like the sex scenes they were going to film, and then every day on set he would look at the women with that weird <laughs> smile and that weird <laughs> hug, and they'd be like, "No thanks, I'm good. I'm just gonna, yeah. <laughs> well, gonna stop right there." And he's got that like he's got that willingness to be naked himself, but he's still kind of lumpy of like a former porn star. Oh. Like he's got too much comfort. And is just kind of oddly shaped. And there's there's so much blood and gore and suicide that uh, it would it would be like a real snuffy uh, porn film. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That would take away. That does take away from the porny yeah. aspects. Um, anyway, so March Madness too. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> I know what you're saying. This has the feel of a porn. (laughs) Yes. And I will continue to defend it through the course of this podcast. Uh, It does have the feel of a porn before the sex starts. Yes. But there's something about Neil Breen that's like kind of too childlike. Yes. For me to like. Yeah. He doesn't. It's it really is like making a movie to show your friends you have a Canadian girlfriend. <laughs> like it's like before you're like you know it's the your life before yeah. you're like no I've put my genitals mashed against another person's genitals like you're really just trying to establish like I've held hands with someone. Yeah. I feel like there's a little part of Neil Breen that is still trying to prove to another eight year old that he's held hands with a girl. <laughs> I think you're absolutely yeah. right. That's a good good thing. I mean. Well, Quick reminder that the main drive of the plot, plot, question mark, yeah. uh, drive, question mark, yeah. but the, like, he falls in love with a girl he knew for a summer mm-hmm. when he was eight. Yeah. And yeah. that, and the, the little black cube that he finds when he's mushrooming with her in the woods <laughs> is, uh, I do I mean, not like that term. He, there's a portabella in some, well, there, he put a grocery store mushroom into some pine needles <laughs> yeah. and it became a mystical experience. Well, but then he made it vanish. Uh, he did make it vanish and turn into his aunt's jewelry box uh, that he really probably should have asked his mom if he could take outside the house. Uh, Pro- props was provided just... by BN, BN, BN Findings. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say BNB Effects Studios made it disappear. That's a good Please, one. <laughs> thank you very much. Credit, Give credit where credit is due. He's yeah, just too innocent for it to be a porn. Yeah. There's yeah. something oh, I mean, yeah, like, lip, truly like the... innocent about this one. The finale of this movie literally is like, man, all people need to do is just see the truth, <laughs> and then everything will just fall into place. That's true. It is like a naive child. Mm. It's it's like if Anne Rand, instead of a typewriter, had like a camcorder and $50. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I mean, having seen the first two parts of Atlas Shrugged, it sort of seemed like she had a camcorder and $50. Um, so we, 
let me, let me jump into the plot here, but first I just want to finish up the intro about March Badness. If you want to force us to uh, watch anything of your choice, if you have an auteur that you think is underappreciated, uh, you can become a Meat Buddy and you can vote. So read slash Meat Buddies. Uh, we choose themes and our Meat Buddies get to choose the topics a lot. So uh, including anime, it's coming up. So if you have thoughts on anime, you want to pick topics for anime, then in May, then get it, become a meat buddy. Redistribute.com slash meat buddies. All right, now, let me give you guys the plot summary. Feel free to jump in, make corrections, uh, riff on anything you want, but let's just kind of go through this in order. So, as you were hinting, an eight-year-old boy and girl are walking through the woods. They ignore a really magical bleached cow skull, <laughs> but then stumble upon a but giant the, mushroom. the cow skull does not ignore them. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, at that point, it's still early. I thought I was going to enjoy the movie because yeah. the way the bleached skull just slowly turns to follow them as they're walking, I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> but then they stumble upon, as you mentioned, a grocery store looking mushroom, which they promptly eat and get high, high as balls. And the rest of this movie is their weird hallucination. <laughs> it's the only explanation. Yes. I mean, I think, yes. Theory I think number that four. Is the, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ate a mushroom and I dreamed I was an old creepy man. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Dorothy and Alice both bonked their heads. Yes. Like we we get, you know, yeah. This is all Everybody has a So inside the mushroom they do find a magic black die. It looks like just a cube. Um and then the girl moves away forever. And then uh the solution hallucination jumps to much later. So Neil is now an adult. He has a right, hugely successful Yeah, go ahead. I just got okay. When they jumped from what was supposed to be the past to what is supposed, like, presently, mm-hmm. now, right. the f- present day, I thought, like, three days had passed because <laughs> he didn't do anything to make it look like it would have been, what, the 70s for him and the 90s for the female actress? Like, I don't know when <laughs> yeah. they were both eight years old. <laughs> this timeline point. is so great because she also moves away. Like, the little girl, when they're... Quote, I'm using giant air quotes here. Both eight. Yeah. Uh, a car, like uh, Leah, like moves away with her family, and she, her full body, eight year old body, extended out the back window, waving yeah. to a limply yeah. waving tiny Neil Breen. Uh, and she's like, you know, in a, it's, it's like a 2015. It looks like a very fancy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like goddamn- definitely. It looks like a newer Prius than the movie was. Yeah. Like, I forget when this is. Like, 2008? It looks like a newer Prius like, than that. Yeah. Like he, it's a future, uh, future he car. He borrowed it from his mom. Like. Sorry. Man, I have to travel point. back I to the future where my car is from. This is 30 years ago, and that was definitely like a 2013 Prius. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't even rent a period car. You could Man. go to Rent-A-Rec. You wouldn't even have yeah. to. Yeah. Craigslist I, for 100 I, bucks. You're an architect. Come on. Spend your money. That's the thing that separates, you know, like a a good bad filmmaker from like just a bad like those little attention to details, those things he obviously <laughs> didn't think about. Like for me, you mean lack of you mean attention lost, to not details. Yeah, the the moment when I lost it was uh, a f- very quickly from where Alex left off in the plot when they end up in the hospital and it yeah. pans down to the floor for some reason. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's a carpeted floor. <laughs> And it's like, they don't have carpeted floors in fucking hospitals, you psychopath. That would be a terrible ER. <laughs> How did you not notice that? That's such a you good point. 
like I don't know. I you say that, stopped. but there is carpet on BART trains in the Bay Area, Ooh. so it's sometimes true, people just you mistake. never know. It yeah. might be that one rogue hospital that was like, "Let's just see if it works out." <laughs> I, I think it sounds better if you have the carpet <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> well, and you mentioned panning down, which is really important because uh, one of his. I mean, part of the fun of this is that he's filming it, and he is technically not very good at filming things. But one of his ideas is that all shots of faces should be shot from, like, waist high up and very close in on your face. And then the way you establish any group of people is their shoes. (laughs) So there's a lot of, like, waist high down at the feet, also waist high up your nose shots. Just mashed together. So he panned down on the floor because he had to show those shoes, Anthony. He didn't even notice the carpet. He was focused on the shoes. <laughs> and just so much slow yeah, panning. Supernatural shoes. Yeah. But before, the, okay, so before they're in the hospital, here's what happened. Neil's an adult, and he has a hugely successful book that doesn't have a cover. And he is... And he has a master's degree in something else, too. A master's degree that? in computer science. That's, That's true. That's how he does the um, hacking. And he's... Yeah. he's He's married to a woman who um, seems pretty stable, but then very suddenly becomes addicted to pills. Um, and like, because most of the time it's like, she seems like the one who's doing okay. So maybe in this relationship, the the story should have been like her telling Neil that he should try pills. Because she seems like she's much healthier than he is. Um, but anyway, he's on the phone. He's on, a, on a, his cell phone crossing the street when he drops the phone and is immediately hit in the head by a Rolls Royce. Just take all of that in. So he couldn't rent a period car, but he did get a Rolls for the car accident scene. And then there's a Ferrari and later. Yes. Oh, he's got the Ferrari that the other his suicide friend yes. has. Um, man, why not rent a 70s car? All right. Anyway, um, so he's got this Rolls Royce, and the Rolls Royce hits him, even though they're like in a parking lot, but it is going very fast. <laughs> and he is uh, not really rushed to the hospital, more like... Um, people just stand around waiting for a long time, and then eventually he's taken to the hospital, um, where he is, bless you, where he's wrapped in gauze, and the doctors tell his uh, sick wife repeatedly that he is just on the brink of death. Those were just the worst no doctors. Way he's oh my this. god, <laughs> he's very weak. I mean, like really weak, lady. Like you're is not going to go well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although one of the doctors, do we recognize her? We'll find out. So he's in the hospital, and uh, he's definitely dead. Everybody thinks he's dead. He's in a coma, and but then his hand moves, and he's got his magical cube. He's ready to play dice, if you want. Oh. And so he's got his little cube, <laughs> and and I guess uh, that... I found, found myself in a sticky situation, dying in this hospital. If I don't roll a double six, I'm never going to make <laughs> it out of here. Yeah, yeah. Do I want to get out of the coma? Let me see. Oh, snake eyes. I'll stay in the coma. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's like, he's just always playing a game. So he, anyway, he like wakes up. Also, there's a doctor who disappears. I don't remember why that happened. Didn't we see like a doctor's shoes and then he disappears? I No, there's like that, the, the specter that's following him that you only ever see the, the black shoes in the pants, right? It's like some kind of ghost that appears and disappears. But then, right? I thought like the ghost was like the wispy gray... Cloud thing that always starts well, in the yeah, field his, and then his, blows yeah, into whatever his room vape he's in. pen cloud definitely <laughs> yeah. is also magic. Uh, yeah, that's... but then there's also like these feet that appear. Like they're walking through his house at one point, and yeah. like his mirror is shaking. But yeah, Wait, but I'm just, not like, crazy. Spectru- that never pays off. We never know where that goes. No, 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 no. no. no Nothing that's... is explained about his mystical powers. They're magic, Alex, and he's magic just, is enough. He has. Well, 
Mushroom uh, personally, music. I think it's all there, just sort of in the subtext <laughs> of the movie. I mean, you got to kind of be a there's, sort of an intellectual to sort of get no it. Text I think in this movie, but, how can there be subtext? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think we have to. What we have to do is we have to hack into his personal computer <laughs> where all the secrets are. I don't need to see what fucked up stuff he has on his computer. <laughs> it's well, the cutest, most like grandpa action movie plot. Like, you know how you're a comic and uh, somebody will tell you like, hey, I got this great story for you. You can use it you in one of your this. skits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like this movie is, uh, <laughs> it's like somebody's uncle calling them. It's like Michael Bay's <laughs> uncle calling. <laughs> This is Jim and Bay. Just like, Bale. Yeah, so check this out. You got a you got a guy in the prime of his life and he's 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 Wait, finding he's love he thought no, no, was it's lost. Prime. It's his yeah. prime. It's his prime, baby. He's hacking everywhere. He's hacking into everything. This could be in one of your movie skits. <laughs> I uh, I Man, I I never realized that hacking ahead, involves four completely blank laptops. Yeah, we have, we'll, yeah, we have to get a laptop. I love so, the laptops. The oh, laptops God. are the best part. Um, so we, we, we take him out of the hospital. He just magically is better. He just wakes up, walk, he pieces out, and he um, goes home. He's not... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he pulls the... Um, he has these IVs that are taped to his wrist but not penetrating his skin. <laughs> yanks those off. Um, uh, and he goes home and he seems like he's fine. But he is. I mean, he's bleeding. geysering blood. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's bleeding profusely from his head wrap, um, his head gauze, and so he goes to take a shower, which you know how showers on blood just makes it look like more blood. So he's just bleeding everywhere, and his wife, possibly because of the pills, thinks this is a nice time for a shower kiss. So she, in her nightgown, just joins him in the shower and gets wet and covered in his head blood. Except it's filmed like a romance. <laughs> Except it's, like like <laughs> middle schoolers at a dance who don't really want to touch each other. Yeah. Well, you can see why she doesn't yes. want to touch his lumpy body covered in yes. blood. But she's definitely doing the it's my also, waist is staying away from your waist. <laughs> they are leaving six inches for yes. Jesus. <laughs> and we only have a camera on a tripod in the back, so we're gonna rotate, but we don't really want to show full dong. Yeah. It's also, as he's leaving the hospital, he oh God, uh, yeah. makes the choice, because again, this is all him, uh, as we have mm -hmm, established, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but over-establishing things is a theme in the movie, it's so I'm just carrying that forward to the butt. Uh, he has a hospital gown on, the mm -hmm. traditional in the front, tied in the back, your butt hanging out. Mm -hmm. There is no butt cover. He goes, he makes no. the choice to get up off the bed and then walk out of the room in the full view of the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, donger. You a thousand percent see Donger. There is a, a little head poking out <laughs> below those butt cheeks. I was cheeks. too busy screaming I didn't want to believe it. Direction. I did not notice oh, that either. Oh, I paused either, and but, zoomed uh, in. I didn't realize you he was You can um, straight up see the head uh, of his dick. The head of his lip dick. <laughs> Meerkat. Yeah, it's, it's a little turtle head poking out and saying hello, but not the poop kind. <laughs> so is, is that your oh, special yeah, talent, he... Caitlin? <laughs> you could, you... Is, is seeing Neil Breen's dick and things? You could find yes. his dick wherever F it is. Finding secret, uh, yes, meerkatting happening. 
Secret Weirdly, thing. I also had to watch Labyrinth last night, so I just went from a movie with like somebody's dong peeking out of a hospital gown to a movie that's just chock full of a huge load, like just yeah. a giant cu- cucumber stuffed in leggings. Yeah, you don't see it, but you see it the whole movie. Oh, honey, you see it. Yeah. You can you practically see the defined veins. I definitely saw more of the second. Anyway. Anyway, so they have this uh, weird shower makeout scene, which... Like I feel like that's one you'd find online. That's an iconic scene from this movie. Um, Definitely, it's just him wearing a f- like full head gauze, bleeding all over her in the shower. It's like a Phantom of the Opera half face mask. Yes, yes, it's exactly. I'm gonna I'll put a screen grab of this on our notes. So if you go to Regis and click on this episode, you'll see it. Just because I want you to see this image because it's incredible. Um, but um, and, and also I should say at this point in the movie, um, because this is a kid's hallucination. He doesn't know how adults move or talk or act. So that's why none of them move or talk or act in a way that an adult would. So it's very stiff. Everything that's happening seems like it doesn't actually make a lot of sense. Um, but anyway, apparently this like magic stone has protected him from the car accident. And so he's generally fine, although he does occasionally just pass out at his desk and then never does anything about that. I mean, that's so troubling to just fall over randomly and he does not care. Um, then this, uh, for about uh, an hour, the hallucination just kind of starts to slog. So it's about these two couples, Neil and his pill-popping wife, and then their friends who, um, aren't having sex enough anymore, which they keep yelling about. (laughs) It's weird. Despite his alcoholism, she's not sleeping with him, and he has a great car, which also seems like it would be enough, (laughs) but, um, they're not having sex, and so she murders him in front of her daughter, and says it was a suicide. her stepdaughter. Her stepdaughter. Wait, so it was his daughter? Yes. I think I think they yeah, I think they get that wrong maybe. They both I can't say for sure, but I feel like they yes. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> I was really unclear cuz it seemed like she was not related to either of them. Yeah. But um anyway, she so she just murders this her husband uh, across uh, in the garage um while next to his beautiful Ferrari, which I assume is also uh from um, NBNB car rentals, <laughs> probably Neil's car. Um, but she she well, murders uh, him, and then it's like, oh no, it was a suicide. It was just like he held the gun really far away, and the cops believe it <laughs> for a while. Yeah, he just shot himself from across the room yeah. in the neck, yeah. but <laughs> the gun somehow found its way right to him. And despite having such a healthy home life, this daughter uh, decides to throw herself at you know sexual magnet Neil Breen <laughs> and. This little Lolita walks into his life at one point. Yeah, I, and she you know, just won't listen to him. <laughs> when he says, "Yeah, stop getting naked at my house." Uh, um, although I do like he does he does tell his wife about that immediately. He doesn't like try to keep it from her, which is nice. Um, but uh, I guess it's sort of all like, of this. This entire film is like Neil Breen being the nice guy around dummies, most of them ladies. That's like, true. It, he's just all. Yeah, it's obviously written by him because he spends a lot of time like, I'm telling you, <laughs> wife, how you have erred in your life. Like, I'm yeah. finding you, doctor. You're supposed to be my... Like, there's a lot of... He never does anything wrong. It's got this, like... Y- you know, all I get to see is the charm of his narcissism <laughs> because he made this movie. But right. there's, like, obviously this dark hint of, like, oh, this guy doesn't think he's ever been wrong in anything mm-hmm. oh yeah anyway and, and the fact that he'd made all of this movie even though he's like bad at all of the different parts um he he was constantly overestimating his abilities it also makes perfect sense that he would overestimate his 
bodies sexual magnetism. So <laughs> totally every scene women are like, oh man, that guy, like they're always interested in this guy, despite the fact that he's like 60 and lumpy. I mean, you know, he's fine. I'm not, I'm not shaming him for being 60, but like uh, the, the, the girl, the young girls falling in love with him is a little over the top. I don't know, man. I've I've met teenagers before. When they see like two laptops in a room, they just lose their mind. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so I can't I'll get to laptops in one second. So first, I, I think it's important to mention that his uh, childhood girlfriend, who he knew for one summer when they were eight, shows up at a party and they hit it off again. And it turns out she was the doctor at his bedside when he had been hit by a car where she referred to herself, I think, as a surgeon, but then later refers to herself as his nurse. Um, so she gets a weird demotion in, in the script. But um, <laughs> she, uh, anyway, they, they hit it off at the party, and so she breaks up with her husband, and then Neil's wife kills herself. So they, it's perfect. They get together. Nothing bad happens. Yeah, Literally. I mean, they don't just hit it off at the party. They all but, like, make out and bone mm. at the party. Like, they're just holding hands in front of the, each other's significant others. yeah. Uh, it's very weird. It's super weird. This is where it feels like, like, seriously, an eight to ten year old trying to tell a romantic story about something that happened at summer (laughs) camp, where, like, you know, no, we were, I saw her last summer, and we were so, we were, we were really boyfriend and girlfriend, and then I had to go to school for the year, but then I got to come back this summer, and, and we had, had other boyfriends and girlfriends, but, because we didn't, we didn't know we were both at the same camp, but then we were, and then we saw each other at the pool, and we <laughs> And there like, was this other girl who was always getting naked at the pool and trying to throw herself yeah. at me. And I was like, no, no. No, I'm not in you. I have a girlfriend, I said, and it w- I did. <laughs> so then so funny. Um, he does reveal, at some part around here, he reveals that he ha- he's been, so he's a successful author, incredibly successful author, even though his office Hard is surrounded by books. books. all over his office. All yes, of and, his own books and none of them office. have dust it's jackets. It's the only so you, thing he's got it, to throw. <laughs> yes. Well, except he also so his office is surrounded by copies of his own book in no particular pile, just haphazardly. But he also is surrounded by computers. So he has like four laptops that never have anything on the screen. And so th- this is what I, I think is like he looks like he robbed an IKEA display because <laughs> all of the like, the IKEAs have like the laptop that's actually plastic, and then they have books with no covers that don't actually have words in them. So he's like. He's just got all these fake books and fake laptops, and he's always like typing on the laptop, like, <laughs> like just just mashing yeah, at the laptop. Yeah, like how totally oh, I love that people type. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it turns out he's not been writing a book, not been writing the killer follow up to his first novel. I haven't been writing my next novel <laughs> because he's been hacking. So his I've been. Hacking. Master's degree in computer science, as we have uh, said, we've quoted many, many times, has allowed him to hack into all of the government computers and all of the corporations' computers, and he knows all of the world's secrets. He knows every secret, and that seems totally normal. And so he, uh, and he tells his new girlfriend that that happens, and she's like, "Whoa!" But they'll try to kill you, and he's like, "Nah." And then, um, oh, he's also seen two shrinks. And then one of them turns out not to be oh, real. Man. Anyway, I don't. And one of them meets in a conference room. Anyway, <laughs> and, and the other so just meets he, on folding chairs. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, folding chairs with like their knees touching. Yeah, and she's in a creepy ass satin dress. It yep. looks like she like was trying to get on stage, but wound up naked and ran through the curtain <laughs> and made a dress instead. 
and then she's but she disappears later like magically so she turns out not magically. to have been real whereas and the other oh in a fun twist his other shrink is like worried that he might be cheating on him with another yes. shrink and he's right <laughs> his shrink is like correctly jealous um his other shrink is also like a he's just like a liver spot and an old tooth <laughs> he's like he's like a werther's original with hair He's just the oldest man <laughs> in the worst ways. It's terrifying. Okay, so then this, then then shit really gets real because the government or every company all decide to strike back at Neil Breen by sending one incompetent mugger who kidnaps his girlfriend, but as he's dragging her away, drops the note card with instructions on how to kidnap her and where to take her and just leaves that at Neil's house. Um, and so Neil reads the note card and is like, oh, he's taking her to a utility trailer in a parking lot next to two jet skis. <laughs> I love... <And laughs> here's where it gets I, neat. I love Neil shows up. <laughs> that he's standing outside the house and calls his girlfriend and is like, okay, I'm ab- I'm home. I'm right I'm outside. in the front door. Like, yeah. What? Well, I mean, what is that they always say in, like, film school, tell, don't tell? <laughs> you know, just... Just like whenever you're having a problem, just have a character just narrate exactly <laughs> what they're thinking and the thought processes. It really saves you a lot of time. I mean, writing can be so... People always act like writing's so hard, yeah. but it's not. You just do the laziest <laughs> bullshit you possibly think of. If you could just have a, just... A, a person who makes a lot of phone calls, it'll solve everything. <laughs> so, but he, so he finds out that she's been kidnapped. He goes to the trailer. The mugger, still in full mugging outfit is just asleep in front of the trailer. <laughs> Full mugging outfit, And yes. so <laughs> then Neil teleports into the trailer. Skirt! This is not... He's not done any teleporting <laughs> at this point in the movie. He's not shown the smallest inclination towards magical powers except surviving car accidents. And then he just teleports through a door. It's They have such a magical connection. I okay so then they're in this trailer and he's like well I gotta teleport back out and apparently he can carry her through teleportation but he doesn't want her to see that she's magic so he puts on her he puts her blindfold back on and also her gag so that she can't talk about his magic and then teleports her back through the door it is one of the craziest scenes I've ever seen on film it is just Bonker, and it's been kind of a slow movie for the last hour before this of just this weird relationship drama and then random suicides and like I got a lot of laundry folded, but then all of a sudden, just mugging and teleporting, and it just goes so far off the rails for one scene, and then everything's kind of fine again, except that one of his shrinks turns out to be a ghost, and he goes on a vision quest in the woods and finds a very tall dictionary, and then. <laughs> And then, and I don't know what any of the vision quest of the dictionary was about, but then at the very end of the movie, he is making a speech, green screened onto the steps of the Capitol, where he is telling an assembled crowd of four people. <laughs> and like a lot of cameras and microphones and stuff. <laughs> a lot of cameras, and, but like a lot of regular microphones yes. on like PVC yes. pipe. Uh, it's an amazing You know, the media. And the only audience that you actually see is a, a group of, like you said, just about four people. Yeah. Uh, and they the all nod in agreement with the yeah. revelations that are coming out 
by you know from Mr. Neil Breen. Yeah. Uh, and we'll find out what happens to them in a minute. But it is pretty great that the only audience is those people, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, there are some bad secrets out there." That's <laughs> their hear, only reaction. You hear cheering. As if there's a ton of people, but you never show it. And I know how hard it is to fake a crowd scene, but I did like that the credits said crowd and then listed four names. So (laughs) that's like the saddest little credit. It is actually magical, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So he's given this big speech and there's the four people and the the, the assembled crowd um, on the steps of the Capitol are like business or congressy people. So his speech is holding a thumb drive and he's saying, look, I'm a hacker. I've done all this illegal hacking. No one's ever had on this as thumb good drive. Are the secret? Yeah, exactly. It's a very Trumpian <laughs> speech. So he's like got this this thing full of secret documents, and he never once says what they are. He's like just like these are secrets, and there's corruption, and all these people did bad things, and I have the proof. And so then, one by one, the Congress and business people announce that they are guilty, and then kill themselves in a variety <laughs> of ways, like and. I hate to, I mean, I hate to be callous about it, but it almost feels comical. It really does. The oh, way, dude, it's fucking hilarious. The way I don't, I will laugh at the, oh way. my God. It kills me. Yeah, and like, I, I say this as like, a person who has been personally affected by suicide. I have done bad things and then cut to her running a pipe from the tailpipe of her Perfect car into her, her win- window. And then the next one is like, I am a businessman. I have stolen from ins- from people I should have been insured. And then he's tying a rope into a noose and throwing it over the eaves. And then, I mean, it is, like, it feels like a sketch. It, it feels like a short really video does. sketch. With a dark... Two of them just shoot themselves right there on the street. Yes. With in no front commentary. I think ex- yeah. yeah. I think that explains a lot of the other suicides, because that'd be very traumatic <laughs> to be there. You have Neil Brain yelling at you. You see two people kill yourself, and then you find yourself in a bathtub a week later. And that's, and like, oh, right, and that's the it. movie. That's just how it is. Uh, that's just the end. They all just kill themselves one at a time. <laughs> After he has said vaguely that he has proof of things. What? I wonder what those actors thought they were in. Like, <laughs> there's one that smirks a little bit. There's a line that's like, uh, you know, there's been allegations that we committed crimes that we committed. <laughs> like, that was super close to the line. Yeah. It goes to from like, th- there have been allegations of crimes that we've committed. Like, that's the line. He goes yeah. from, like, it's been alleged that we did things we did. <laughs> it's just such a stupid, like, the guy smirks. <laughs> the guy smirks just a little. Yeah. It's just a little smirk. <laughs> you, you know that Neil must Breen have been a was weird like, day no, on set no, you read it as it was written. <laughs> My words are powerful. Just, I do lost- not improvise. I dropped you guys, or I dropped off for just a second there. Did we uh, talk about the specific... Uh, Hey, the, the the woman who tries to uh, end her life in the car yes, in the garage. Yeah. I mentioned it briefly, but she by uh, just shutting the door. There is no hose. There's oh, I, no. Yeah, I said hose, but you're right. There was no hose. <laughs> there's no hose. She's just sitting in a sealed car in a gross garage. She's essentially. I mean, I, you just gotta stay in there way longer. Yeah. Maybe you don't give yourself any of the toxic air that you're trying to breathe. Maybe she wasn't killing herself. She's just driving home and listening to like a really good episode of This American yeah. Life and just, <laughs> just stays there. Just had a driveway moment. <laughs> yeah, just had to finish yeah. the driveway moment. <laughs> Boy, I sure was corrupt, and someone sure proved it. But have you listened to S Town? Because <laughs> it's very compelling. You know, you think you're this not going to like gripping. him, and then turns out. <laughs> Uh, and Mercury, who knew? Anyway, um, 
Small spoiler. Uh, but so uh, that's the movie. Let's do quickly a major compliment. Everybody has to say two nice things about it. We start and end every show with a compliment. The first one is the major compliment. It's how we stay fair and legitimate no matter what the movie is about. Anthony, I want you to go first. Say one nice thing about Fateful Findings. Um. So I, you said very early on that people consider him like the uh, David Lynch yeah. of bad movies. Yeah. And I think I'm a very big David Lynch fan. <laughs> And people, I, I one of my fa- my biggest pet peeves is people who dismiss his work as like easy to do. Mm-hmm. And this is a great example of like, no, David Lynch is very talented, and <laughs> he walks a very fine line, and he makes very good movies because he's an asshole trying it and just failing miserably in every. Uh, I mean, if, any, so, if anything, this movie is a just this should be put in film school as like just remember movies are kind of tricky. Like that's why. You hire a lot of people because it's not easy to make a movie. Like you can do yeah, it, I but mean, it's hard. This movie like pits like uh, the auteur theory to rest. Like <laughs> no, it it takes a village. It takes a lot of people to make good movies. It's a collaborative effort. Well, and I, I, uh, I keep obviously people compare this movie to The Room a lot, partially because both Neil Breen uh, and Tommy Wiseau are lumpy <laughs> and think that they're more attractive than they are. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking about this during the movie. Do you think Neil Breen, like, fucking hates Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> like, he's out there day in, day out making bad movies, you know, his nose to the grindstone. And then this fucking Tommy kid comes by, first movie out of the gate becomes the cult classic of a generation. Like, that's I fucked up. I don't know if I don't know if Neil Breen would be as successful if it weren't for The Room, because I feel like partly why this film has taken off is people were searching for the next The Room. That's true. I, w- I would love to see the two of them in a room together. Like Yes, they should make a movie. Oh my god, oh my god giant crossover. What if these were in the same universe all there along? There would be so much nakedness. <laughs> what if the Actually oh, what if they a shared universe between Faithful Findings and The Room is like deeply possible <laughs> yes that <laughs> would explain a lot i think i'm about to lose an afternoon uh because in the room there's equally vague like banking entities yep. and like you know problems and secret i just bet you could find a a way to tie them together pretty neatly there's a lot of love triangles and people killing themselves willy-nilly <laughs> yeah um man and uh the one one thing that i because i just watched uh uh, the the new movie about the room just a few weeks ago, um, uh, the James Franco the movie, disaster, the disaster artist. artist. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I just watched the disaster artist a few weeks ago, and so I, I was thinking about it. One thing that he did though in the room is he actually did hire some people. So like, he didn't listen to the, them. Some but of the he hired who, them. No, he didn't. He did. He overrode them a lot, but still, there were there were competent people on that movie in a way that it seems like there weren't on this movie. And so, in a lot of ways, the room is actually like better shot than this movie because like there was actually someone doing some photography who had an idea of how to at least set up a camera. Yeah, it, it well, wasn't if the you worst take editing a, in the world. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it, it's so bad. If you put, like, you know, the world's finest chef and still say, I want a steak well done with ketchup on it, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but still, it can be a great version of that, but that's still very bad. The, but, yeah, but he might, this is what I'm saying, is that chef, I don't know, might put, like, um... Like a splash of uh, uh, of hot sauce in the ketchup or something. Like he might just do a yeah, tiny... Yeah, cool. Add finishing salt. It's <laughs> yeah. still garbage. <laughs> what I'm saying is this movie doesn't have the finishing salt. So that's what I'm... Just as a comparison, the room has yes. a bit of finishing salt. Um, anyway, Amanda, what's your major compliment? 
so the the mysterious uh, vape pen mist there. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just glad to see that Ghost Rider is still working in movies. It is a little Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still getting yeah, work. Yeah, still it's, ghost it's writing all around. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, I mentioned The Office. This is ba- like my major compliment is for The Office. I love um, the IKEA showroom <laughs> look. Oh, and also about the laptops because they're fake laptops. They take so much yes. abuse. He he passes out and and like kind of knocks them all over. There's one terrible sex scene with the tearing clothes we talked about earlier. When I told that story, oh, I'm embarrassed about telling. And um, he uh, where he like pushes the stuff off the desk so they can make love on it but instead he just like takes a long time shoving each piece one at a time <laughs> off the desk including all the laptops so they fall a lot uh and they take a, a big amount of abuse but it was a great and in fact every you, he knows that the laptops are a big part of the movie because the poster is like him and three laptops like oh my god the, yeah he's a hacker dude <laughs> that's that's yeah, how you but, identify yeah, a hacker like this, absolutely exactly he's the guy with the most laptops <laughs> Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that leaves you, Caitlin. What's your major compliment? Oh, I mean, I sincerely love this film, and I'm just happy he made it. Uh, but <laughs> if specific to the movie, um, I'm gonna give it up to. Oh man, I, I, <laughs> I want to go for the couple. My major compliment is to the actors who played the couple. Uh, their friends, the only other couple yes. in the movie. Uh. You know the yeah. the murder suicide <laughs> couple. I just, I mean, what they bring to the table is such a delicious level of spice that the movie didn't need and yet does need. Uh, I what did they think their week of shooting them film was going to be like? Like, were they allowed to read any of the rest of the script? Because if they just saw their sides, they would have literally no idea what the rest of the film was about. No hacking, no mist. I just... I think I did read somewhere that they were only allowed to see their own sides and they weren't allowed to see the bigger movie. I do think that's actually Oh, I fucking love thing. that. That explains so that much. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but I love, uh, of all the things I love about this movie, and there are many, I love the maker of the bad movie, I love the brain behind it, I love the, the terrible, like, all the chops and all the bad edits and all the obvious mistakes, but one of my favorite things about a bad movie, and that's why it's my major compliment, is the surrounding cast, <laughs> who's just sort of swept into this, and you can sort of tell their level of befuddlement <laughs> or self-awareness, Yeah. Um. Because the editor does not have the talent to remove those traces of their true self. Uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely wonder what their lives are like. Because they, they answered a Craigslist ad in Las Vegas, most likely. That was like, That's what I'm needed. saying. Everyone here had dreams. <laughs> yeah. There were such big dreams on this set. And they probably actually like, this is probably like a pretty good outcome for you getting uh, in a movie in Las Vegas. Like, there's a lot of worse ways that audition process could go. <laughs> I mean, for real, I live, I mean, I think all of us, uh, (laughs) whatever you do in your life, you take it for granted. Like, I live in stupid Los Angeles and do shit, like go to sets and meet people. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a weird life. It's Mm -hmm. very weird. If you don't live here and you didn't sacrifice all financial and emotional security to live the life that I do, (laughs) uh, if you made wiser, safer choices, uh, but you still want to go be in a movie, 
That's fucking, this is so cool. Yeah. What a cool, what a rad thing. You were in a movie. I mean, part of the I fun of being in a movie is like. I just to forget the magic. One of the fun parts is like seeing all of the people. And so that would be lessened if it was just Neil running around doing all of yeah. the things. But it, it, those people I'm sincerely happy for. I think that's kind of awesome. Yeah. If this was your dream, you want to be in a movie, you got to be in a movie. Way more people than should have should have seen your movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, if enough fans are like me, you are truly and not ironically beloved. Uh. <laughs> today's episode is brought to you Sorry. by Amazon. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. Uh, the easiest way to support our show without actually giving us anything directly. If you go to Amazon.com anytime you need to buy something on Amazon, it just redirects you and we get a small percentage of your purchase. Um, so guys, I just wanted to, uh, just thought this would be fun really quick to check in and see what is the most recent thing that you bought on Amazon that if you did, or if you did, you could, you don't have to say if you clicked on that link, but if you had, it would have given us a piece. So what is the like, mo like most recent thing that you bought that you're willing to share that you could have given us uh, a small portion of so that we could have benefited from? Uh, so let me pull up mine. Uh, I think the most recent thing I bought is... Yeah, well, okay, cables for the show. That's not very interesting. But before that, uh, where did it go? There it is. Um, before that, the most interesting thing I bought was uh, uh, we had a Tupperware set of the Rubbermaid red lids, but the huge one, right? Like 50 pieces that we had from before. And we don't have enough of one size because that never happens. So we found somebody who buys the big sets and then just breaks them up and sells them individually. And I, so I bought some of the, just the right size of Tupperware. And I tell you this just because what a great business idea. And I'm so stoked that somebody is taking the time to just buy the big sets and break them apart so we can get just the ones that we need. <laughs> that's what I got. And before that, I bought a set of Dungeons and Dragons dice. Aww. Anyway, so that's what I just did because I just started playing D&D. &D. Uh, uh, what's something else? What's something you bought recently that you could have, that could have benefited our show? I, I bought a, a pot because I killed one of mine by uh, forgetting it was on the stove. <laughs> oh no! Which is the first time in my life that's ever happened and it's really embarrassing because I cook all what the happened? time. How did it How did it happen? I just put uh, pasta on to boil and completely forgot about it because... Oh, and then just yeah, left? Because I was <laughs> playing a video game and got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> And you came back and it was so bad. You were like, "I'm just this pot." Yeah, there was there was no saving it. The bottom was uh was really gross. It was a nonstick pan too. And once you you know burn the shit out of it, um, it's it's bad to use it again. <laughs> that's that yeah, that's how you get Actually, cancer. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have my pot awesome. of embarrassment yeah. now. <laughs> so if you and if you uh yeah we could have gotten four percent of that purchase. Uh, Caitlin, what's on you bought recently? I just moved, so I've been on a bit of a Amazon shopping spree, uh, and I a problem I didn't have in my old home, um, I do have in my new home, and that is shower curtain cling. Mm. Anybody? Oh. Uh, it is the worst. Felt this? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, and it's not I, the it, worst, but it's, it's yeah, it could be my. Oh, Alex, it is. The it worst. definitely happens uh, in at least like no, purgatory. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't think it's at the level of hell, but you're right, man. It's a purgatory type thing. Um, so I wanted to, I thought of a DIY solution. I thought of lots of like ways that you could theoretically solve the problem. I was going to do something with mm -hmm. magnets, 
but then Amazon was like, hey, what if somebody solved this problem for you? What if there was a clingless curtain keeper? I, uh, <laughs> it's from a company called Curtain Keeper <laughs> because we are not alone because others have suffered and someone did something about it. Uh, it's a little magnet with like a doggle dude that hangs over your tub. So there's sure. like a a rather aesthetically pleasing or at least relatively aesthetically pleasing way to keep your shower curtain liner off of your wet body. And it is goddamn life changing. I love that picturing. <laughs> that is someone rushing out <laughs> to buy a clingless curtain keeper. But what they don't realize is you can just stay at home. You can get it on Amazon. Get it on Amazon. That, that is awesome. life changing. It is. I'm telling you, it is worth the $15 to get three of them. <laughs> and is that price audacious? Yes. It, it is insulting. <laughs> Wait, Am I glad I sent it? But there's. Is that yeah. Anthony? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's, that's happening outside my window. Uh. There's a train track that goes to nowhere <laughs> that occasionally has a train on it outside of my house. I swear to God. Huh. I don't know where this track goes. It just goes off in random directions, and occasionally very small trains come up and down it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's very weird. I am sorry about that. That's all right. I, I tried to mute you, and it turns out I can't, actually. Ooh. You don't like, have the power. I have power. a button that mute. I, I mean, it makes the signal like it's muting you, but then I still hear you, so. Um, I'll cut that little part out. Um, I, the thing about the curtain, keeper that I, or the curtain keeper that I like is that they were like, look, we're not going to sell more than one of these to any person because we don't know. We don't, like, rich people don't need this, so we're going to only sell them in three packs so we can just get a little bit more money and make it worth our time to make them. I'm telling you, dude, you might only have to buy them once in your lifetime, but this problem knows no class or gender barrier. <laughs> but they make great gifts. <laughs> they no, make great true. gifts. I do think that, like, there is no... I, Amazon is perfect for this kind of product. Because, again, you need it once. You need it at a very specific time. Yeah. Like, what's CBS going to do? <laughs> Send right. clingless curtain keepers in this bulk to every store? Like, that is an impractical yeah. solution. There is not a... It's an unpredictable market, but Curtain Keeper and their product, I highly recommend it if you have the need. Anthony, what, uh, did, what did you buy on Amazon recently? The only thing we really buy on Amazon anymore is yarn and LaCroix. I don't know how we ended up in this life. Yarn and what? I swear to God. LaCroix. <laughs> LaCroix? You buy LaCroix? Yes. Yeah, we get a lot of LaCroix mailed to a house. I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. I, uh, things have gotten very strange. Well, I'm gonna. With the, is it actually a good price for LaCroix that I don't have to carry it home? Yeah, it's pretty good. You don't have to carry it home. We usually try to, like, we try to get other stuff, too. Like, we do, like, prime groceries. But it's oh, mostly just you do the justified the, the, the LaCroix. The grocery thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. It's mostly just to justify getting some LaCroix. Like, well, we'll get some other stuff, too. <laughs> uh... And then all I haven't gotten anything on Amazon in a while, but my wife is all she does is buy yarn nowadays. Yeah. So it's just a lot of that. I, I completely well, support uh, that. Yeah. Oh, so do I. It's it's <laughs> I amazing. Was, I got your wife was so wearing a, nice a sweater stuff. that she had made that looked super cool, and uh, but she told me it was like seventy five dollars in yarn. It just takes forever, and it's very expensive. And it just seems like maybe an inefficient way to make clothes. It's a hobby, Alex. Yeah, but <laughs> look you at what you do for a hobby. way of making clothes is like. <laughs> what? Say, Caitlin, what's that, man? Oh, I mean, the efficient way of making clothes is by making someone far away do it for like no money. <laughs> 
and tower tireless tireless hours. Yeah. Well, but she's doing it for no money too. She's not yeah, but paying herself. She's doing it for Instagram likes, Alex. <laughs> so much more That's valuable true. than money. Awesome. Uh, well, so if you guys need any of those things, go to Amazon.com, and if you do. A small percentage of your purchase goes to support our show without you having to do any additional work. So you can just, uh, you know, set it as a little bookmark. So each time you just click through Amazon, and uh, when you buy your LaCroix or sh- sh- shower curtain keepers uh, or D&D dice, whatever it is, Amazon.com. All right, now it's time for a lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus pew, round. Pew, 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 pew. We're going into lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're gonna finish this up. So for lightning bonus round today, my first question is like, because uh, Amanda maybe a little bit less so, but the rest of us we've been around the film industry in very small ways, I guess. But Amanda, you've seen enough films, so what's, here's what I want: is like, let's pretend Neil Breen was our friend, <laughs> and let's give him some slight constructive con- criticism. <laughs> like, what could we tell him? What little bits of advice could we give him? <laughs> that would actually help him going forward. Wouldn't destroy what he is, but would maybe make his films a tiny bit better. So what's constructive feedback that you have for Neil uh, Green? I, first and foremost, to be completely serious, I, I don't know if he does a table read with this cast <laughs> beforehand, uh-huh. but I think just getting a few actors in a room and just sort of hearing how the dialogue <laughs> sounds spoken <laughs> would really help a lot in the writing it process. It probably would, yeah. I think... I think if you just really sat down and just listened to the words coming out of people's <laughs> like, mouths. Neil, Neil, does like, this sound like human beings this? or like lizard people? <laughs> yeah. You know what? This might need another pass, I think. I think and I think it does him slowly seem like, realizing that. It does sound like lizard people who are like trying to pass. Yes. A lot of the dialogue seems like somebody who's studied humans, but not like is not totally getting it. <laughs> That, that is the other thing that's very Tommy Wiseau-ish, is that there's so much repetition, you know, instead of, you know, I did not, yeah. I, I did not. It's like, yeah. you know, he couldn't have committed suicide. He wouldn't do that. He couldn't have committed suicide. Like, Jesus. okay, we get it. Yeah. There's been no change in like emotional he's tone. Time. Yeah. He's like, just copy, yeah. paste, do the same thing twice. We'll get it to our minimum yeah. script for a feature. Ugh. He was definitely stretching this one out to make it, you know, the full <laughs> hour and a half. I mean, film like like videography wise, cinematography wise, just just less feet. <laughs> I just feel like the feet shots, and even like the close ups, just pull back a tiny bit. You just get so much more out of it, especially when he has like these group shots, mm. like all the people standing around over his body. And I don't know if he just like couldn't get them all on set at the same day, so he filmed each of their faces separately. But like, just if you pull back just a tiny bit, give us a bit of a sense of the group, so much more effective. <laughs> It's, it's like he loves Tarantino, but he has no reason, understanding why his <laughs> films are good. He's like, I don't know, he just shoots feet all the time. I'm just going to do that. Oh, yeah. People love that fucking Tarantino guy, and all he does is show feet. I show feet, and they call me a hack. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into the feet. The feet thing was a little too much for me. Um, just, what like, else? Like, hey, what, what hey Neil, like, yeah. a little fake blood goes a long way. <laughs> I I don't know if I agree with that one. I feel like the amount of fake blood he used might have been one of the better parts of it. I mean, it it, it did make me laugh a lot, especially when the the his friend was shot and there was just like 
a little tiny bit of blood on his head, and then all of a sudden it was just like gushing from his neck unexplainedly. Yeah. <laughs> like I think she I, only you, shot yeah, him once. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, oh, it makes sense that they're not showing any blood from this gunshot because like that would be difficult you know, practical effects. And then they cut back to him and then he's just covered yes. in blood. It's like, uh, so I don't have a problem with his amount. I just think he should be a little more consistent across the board. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also do feel like as far as like trying to mimic human behavior, he does seem to have a weird idea of when people use cell phones and when they don't. <laughs> Calling you to say that I am there at your is house is weird. One scene uh, where somebody you're, like waiting in the car and you're like, I don't want to honk. That would be rude. But like going to the door. Go ahead, Caitlin. Oh, there's just one scene where he's having a conversation on his cell phone, but the person it cuts to a person who's talking back to him, but doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah. So it's like a scene that was supposed to be shot. It was like shot with two different people, but he decided he wanted the dialogue to be different. So he's like, okay, I'll make it a phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other, there's no phone. Well, the other person I mean, doesn't have a phone. There's a, the scene when he's like, his girlfriend has been kidnapped and he's like talking to her on the phone. It's like he thinks people can hear their voicemails and pick up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Pick up the phone if you're there. It's like, dude, you're leaving the voicemail. That's not how this works. That call has already gone. Man, dude, the, the- how frustrating it would it be to listen to your voicemail and someone keeps saying, pick up, please, pick up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I want to. I, I'm in the future. I can't. Um, yeah, is there anything? Okay, so then I guess the flip side is like, let's let's say we're trying to be really positive on our feedback. So like, what's the thing that's like, this is where you've, you've done it. Keep going. Keep doing this. Don't ever change. Hey, some people only turn up to nine. You turned up to 11. You, know. <laughs> you took it right past 10 on the dial. You put the pedal on the floor and you never lifted it off. You, yeah. you know, you lit the candle, both ends. You yeah. burned them all the way down. <laughs> I, you know, commitment is part of it. That's, it's, it's, what is it? Perspiration and inspiration? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You got the perspiration and the inspiration in there. Way to go big. It's like 1% lactation. There's a bunch of other pieces, but those are the big ones. Yeah, I think that's the main percentage. Lactation's part of it, certainly. <laughs> uh, I do like... I, I mean, I, I'm into these themes of government corruption. I'd like a tiny bit more specificity, but I do like that you're just, you know, you're just one genius with a bunch of love interests fighting against the system. I think that's a decent conflict. Keep exploring that. One of I mean, the did you really want him to come out and say... I know what they're doing to those kids in the basement of that pizza shop. Is that what you wanted to hear? Is that, yeah, maybe is that, that would have that would have been a turnoff if it turns out that what he meant by all of that was PizzaGate. Uh, yeah, less charming. I, uh, I, one of the more, I, I respect him for uh, normalizing therapy. It's good to yeah, show that everybody true. could use a little therapy. Maybe not at the end yeah, of a conference. Yeah, but was it normal? <laughs> Shop around, get a few therapists, <laughs> even a ghost therapist. Just, Absolutely. Just yeah, your therapist isn't usually like a meatball with wispy gray hairs on top. <laughs> and, like, and he's the one who's not a ghost. Your aunt that's been missing for 40 years. Like, you can find more normal therapists, for sure. When, when the moon is just right, you can still hear her psychoanalyzing. One of my favorite things about this movie in general, and it sort of fits in here, it's I guess I'll pay it as another compliment to Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, st- 
he, there are so many details that are just so obviously wrong or bad in this movie, like God, overlooked yeah. plots, like Alex, you were saying about yeah. the government, like the non-specific hacking, secrets, government, corporates, conspiracies. It's like the total inverse of what someone brilliant is able to do. Like Steven Spielberg's movies, and I might have said this before on this podcast, it's something I truly admire. <laughs> They're he just knows exactly what you're not going to notice, especially the first time you see the movie. Like, mm. there are errors or gaps in the plot or jumps in time that should feel wrong, but don't, because it's just not where our head is. Like, yeah. a great storyteller will leave an error right in front of your stupid face, and you won't even <laughs> notice it. Just to torture you. A great storyteller knows where your head is while you're watching the story, whereas Neil Breen is Neil Breen. <laughs> and the... The sweet lack of awareness yeah. of, like, just those the, re the super repetitive speeches saying, like, ten times that I'm looking for government conspiracy. I've hacked into... He's just got no idea where... What we're thinking about. Yeah. It's so cute it really, that he didn't it, know that we needed more information to raise the stakes. Like, it's just so adorable. It is. It is. He's a little cute when you think about it that way. It really makes you wonder what the, his fucked up architecture <laughs> projects look like, right? Just like you think his, like, with no doors. his houses that he made are also oh, like yeah. designed like that. Like this bathroom has a walk-in <laughs> closet and four <laughs> toilets in it. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Does it, yeah, family that all of his together. all of his buildings? He just. <laughs> A lot of his buildings, he just has, like, uh, unfinished parts. He just didn't get around. He's like, oh, I forgot I had started that wing. And then just never. He Maybe he built, like, the Winchester Mystery oh, House. God. That might be his style. It's like every room has incredible curtains, but the building doesn't have a foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is. I, nice somebody should sconce. write that piece. Is there any ceiling? Somebody should write that piece where they actually go, like, get an architectural meeting with Neil Breen. Just find out if he's great at it. <laughs> I need, hey, Neil, here's the thing. I have a lot of laptops in my office, right? I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates. And I thought, who's the man who can properly design me a workspace to accommodate my lifestyle? Here's what I need. I need a room I can throw papers around and fuck in. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of typing has Ideally, to I want my office to be brightly lit uh, with the curtains closed, even in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what my cutest. I, mean, yeah, I honestly yeah. do wish that's how the writing process worked, though. That you could just set up four laptops and sort of mash your hands <laughs> against the keys, and at the end, you yeah. had government secrets. Each one's got a different government or corporate secret on it. Uh, but then all on a thumb drive, which is interesting. I don't know, email it to yourself, man. Get a backup. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I often black out in front of my laptop and wake up with a bunch of work done. So I, don't, I thought that was normal. I thought everyone does. <laughs> no, that's is, the maybe it's like a mushroom flashback. <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> it's so troubling the way he just passes out bloody and then wakes up and doesn't care. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's our feedback for you, Neil. Keep it up, though, and I appreciate you, of course, listening to the show. Um, if you have uh, questions or games you want us to play for lightning bonus round, go to read slash next. And now. It's time for us to close out with one more compliment. So I know we've been kind of complimentary in that segment too, but one minor compliment. The last nice thing you're ever going to say about Fateful Findings. We're going to go in reverse order. Caitlin, you're up first. Oh, it won't be the last nice thing I say about Fateful Findings. <laughs> I'll tell all my friends the, the rest for a are, long are time about, about this darn movie. Uh, I mean, <sighs> just reach for your star. That's yeah. This movie's about <laughs> trying. Never stop not trying that hard. <laughs> 
It does. There's so many people who say, like, you know, you see, you see, like, celebrities all the time. They're like, you know, technology is so good. Just go out and make a movie now. You can just do it. Um, I love that. Yeah, look at what happens. What happens? Yeah, just remember, you can do it. It doesn't mean you should. Maybe bring in other people who know what they're doing. But you could also just go do it. Um, my minor compliment, man. So I guess I'll do two minor ones. Uh, one, this is like super minor, but do you guys remember the way he ate that spinach salad? Oh, God. Oh, the spinach. <laughs> I love the spinach. It's not even know. salad. It is just spinach. It's just dry spinach. And he's with his new girlfriend, and he's got a plate of spinach, and he like <clears throat> sort of like giving her seductive eyes, and then just shovels some like large spinach leaves like in his mouth cow. just dry and he's just chewing and like yeah yeah very cow like just just grinding down some spinach leaves <laughs> and then he puts the plate down it's the way he stabs the spinach is weird like that was the most like like mole person in a human body trying to look normal was the way he ate salad you're like that nope that's not that one's not right I can tell. Just right before right before he said action he just drank a big old glass of sugar water and then <laughs> sat down <laughs> Those are the kind of details I'm talking about. Where, like in Neil Brain's mind, he, he Neil Brain's brain, he didn't understand that we were gonna like notice that that was just a plate of spinach. <laughs> so like, weird. In his head, he's like, "I need a prop. I need it to be food. Okay, it's this like, is a consumable food," and just went see- with it. Like it's so weird. You expect like to see him at one point in a movie, in the movie, like carrying a pizza box <laughs> vertically. Like he's just. <laughs> doesn't quite understand. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he does it like a real, like, you know, in Ed Wood, when they're talking about, like, but the tombstone fell over in that shot, and it was like, no one would have, no one's ever going to notice that. Right. Like, he has that kind of quality to him, or just like, no, no, people don't. People don't care about spinach. I've seen movies, all right? They're not looking at those details. (laughs) Uh, Amanda, what's your minor compliment? Oh, God. So the the pacing in this movie is mm. so It's good for getting slow. laundry folded. Like there's so much there's just space between every fucking word that everybody says. Yeah. No, this is a compliment, I swear. Yeah. Great compliment I could so far. Speed it up on my <laughs> on oh, my yeah. video player. <laughs> and uh and then it was like normal people talking. So I, I got Ezra's style. Movie. Ezra does that for almost everything we have to watch for this yeah. show. Is because he just is a busy man. So everything he watches at at uh, Mickey Mouse voice. Speed. Yeah, but it wasn't Mickey Mouse and, voice. It just sounded like normal yeah, people. It's like normal people. And I got through it in less than an hour and a half. So woo. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh, leaving the space for us to ignore. <laughs> exactly. Great compliment, uh, Anthony. <laughs> your last. What's your minor compliment for Fateful Findings? I I want to give a big compliment to. All the women who oh had to God. work on this movie yeah. every day and go in for the work they did and for no matter how hard Neil tried, not a single one of them letting Neil get their shirts off for an actual <laughs> take. Uh, like this, there's, there's side boob and there's like people on their back, but you know he was just like, why don't you just turn around for this shot? And they were like, <laughs> no. And I... I appreciate that. And the, the, uh, the I would like even stuck this her is hand kind of in a... the toilet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like that. I will do, but no front boob. Get, what? Yeah. The the idea of like, okay, I'm not an expert, but if you threw a bunch of pills in a toilet, they're gonna like keep dissolving even after you pull yeah. them out, yeah. right? Yeah. I... Like you can't just towel <laughs> off some pills and be like, oh, these will be fine. Yeah. 
I was gonna let him. I'm gonna put these pills in a bowl of rice. <laughs> that will get him better. Mmm, delicious Valium rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. It's like a. It's like adding stock when you're cooking your rice. You just give him a little more. He's a little oomph. Just a little more yeah. zing. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that there's probably I, I would love to hear an interview with somebody who like went to an audition for him and then was like you know what I don't need this <laughs> no no anybody who had the this. good instincts <laughs> yeah that w- I would love to meet that person because I've definitely gone to things like that before and I was like that's this is the wrong vibe I don't need to be here <laughs> yeah and I mean this this really is like I think uh, a good like. Uh, the, one of the best compliments I give is like if you're trying to like learn how to make movies, there's a lot of lessons <laughs> you can learn from watching this movie. Here's a big one: uh, turn off refrigerators and AC units <laughs> that are in the house, so you don't have uneven room noise yeah. that changes drastically from shot to shot within the same scene. You know, it's just like little things. If you just turn off your fridge, if you just do that. You will have such cleaner room audio. That's so funny. Uh, every every like like set that I've been on, there's been a moment where there's been a sound person with like thirty dials in front of front of them. That's like, hold on a second, we're gonna wait for an airplane, and then like a bunch of people have to just sit there waiting for a thing that they can't hear to be over, because the sound person mm-hmm. is so focused on getting that perfect mm-hmm. sound. Uh, at, yeah, underappreciated. I I hadn't realized how important that was until you'd like cut to one shot of him and you hear. Vroom, in the background and then the other person talks and there's no sound yeah critical yeah clean room audio big big thing. it is weird for us to be pointing that out after we had like 12 minutes of a train sound behind you <laughs> but you know pot kettle black whatever yeah exactly exactly All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about Illuminatus Part 2, The Golden Apple by Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Shea. That is right. We are revisiting the Illuminatus trilogy by the Roberts. Um, This is the second of three. We read the first one way back in episode 183. And this coming episode, just like like 183, was sponsored by David from the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, so basically, like, this show is just a very slow motion David getting what he wants. Uh, A thing no one else has heard about. Just a weird-ass book from the 60s that was originally written for Playboy that is, like, every conspiracy theory is real but also jokes. Um, It is a weird, bad thing. And I was not stoked to revisit it, and I'm not (laughs) enjoying it at all. Fuck you, David, is my main point. But uh, every 200 episodes, we'll let you sneak in another Illuminatus uh, book. So that's all coming up next week. Um, also, thanks, David, for sponsoring the show. And thank you, Joanna, from Gdansk, uh, for this weird sponsorship. I guess it's not even that weird, because like, apparently more people have heard about this than I realized. Um, I'm glad we finally have checked this off of our list. This seems like a good thing for us to have seen. And thanks to all of our meat buddies and sponsors who keep the, and, and people who go to um, Amazon who keep the show floating down the tracks. And thank you to our guests this week, Anthony Lopez at Anthony Lopez Part 2. Thanks for being here. I'm always excited to be here. And at Amandable on Twitter. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for uh, requesting me, Joanna. Yeah, always great to hear you, you uh, hear from you. Always great yeah. to talk to you. Great work. And at Robot Caitlin, uh, who just... Hey, that's me. That was you. Uh, and Caitlin, and for um, 
Yeah, for having already seen it and being so excited. Not all of my emails get answered as excitedly <laughs> as this one. Oh, I believe it. I mean, you've made me suffer, so I'm pleased to be here with joy. Well, it kind of was a balance because you liked it so much and Amanda hated it. So I like, I was like, not, I was like, leaving the world neutral in total. Oh, Amanda's right. <laughs> I, well, I, I just, I almost love it. emailed Alex as soon as I got to the shower scene and was just like, couldn't mm. stop screaming. What is yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. something else. Well, I'm glad I know about it. That's one of the great things about the show is when I like didn't think about something before, and now I like have that social knowledge. So I appreciate all of you talking to me about it. We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Psh.